Welcome to uh, part two of the uh, On the Road with Machine Learning. So we were talking about uh, we were talking about the machine and and uh, some usefulness uh, of it. Uh, an IoT on the edge. And uh, one one thing that uh, I kind of like was this idea. I thought of a, an IoT device with a water pot for a plant. So you have a basically a small little motor uh, connected to a battery. The battery is charged by a little solar panel. So you put the uh, plant on the windowsill and uh, you have a, a moisture probe uh, in the top part of the pot. And, uh, and then you have water down at the bottom and then you have a a sensor that tells you when your water is uh, falls below a certain level, and so the idea is that uh, the sensor detects when the ground is moist, uh, getting dry, and uh, it sends a little signal to uh, uh, a white little uh, Internet of Things device controller. And then the controller runs some software, and it says, "Well, if it if it's this if it's this dry, turn on the pump for X amount of seconds. So maybe it turns it on for uh, 60 seconds, or maybe it turns it on for two minutes, and then the water is depleted out of the reservoir and sprayed uh, through a, a, a nozzle um, on the plants on the top, and then the water." Uh, uh, Recycles down at the bottom if it, if it gets, manages to get through the soil and, and down to the bottom. In uh, the case where it evaporates, then uh, at some point the device connected to the to the cloud would uh, transmit a message to you, and and then through your your mobile device you get an alert that you need to go put water in the in your reserve. So it's very similar to like a robot uh, vacuum cleaner. When the robot vacuum cleaner gets stuck, it sends a message uh, to you and text message to you and tells you that you know you need to go over there and maybe get it ran over a towel and it's got it stuck and it, and you have to pull the towel out or or maybe it got uh, uh, trapped under a chair and you need to lift up the chair and move the robot out and things like that. So it's that's some sort of notification to the user. So there's this idea of feedback to the user, uh, letting them know when there's things that require maintenance or attention. So uh, in that sense, uh, you know, perhaps the machine learning at that point could look at uh, like a regression graph and figure out that, uh, that the water usage is too high, you know, maybe the moisture uh, you know the frequency that it's having to run the pump is is uh, more at a certain time. So you know it, it deduces maybe that these are hot periods of time with lots of evaporation. So uh, you know it's going to need to send out alerts more frequently to refill the reservoir. So it kind of alerts from that aspect. So I thought that would be kind of cool, and if you could build that thing for thirty dollars and then sell it at like Zappos or something. That'd be great. So did some sort of retail. That'd be that would be great. But uh, uh, 
type of ideas on how to do Internet of Things are now really quite common on the web. There's lots of people that are doing makers. They're taking the different electronic components and putting them together. Uh, people are learning how to do the, the C code that runs the controller, and they're wiring things up with wires, and, and then they're using C code to uh, turn switches on and off. And uh, so this is a, a small example of how it would run a pump. You know, you could do the same concept with a, a stronger controller system. Could be the same software, but the signal is, is coming out instead of a 3.5 volt, might be running through some sort of uh, device that increases the voltage, and uh, you can now turn pumps on and off. And so that they become useful, like if, for example, if you have a fan that kicks on and would blow air over agricultural products to prevent uh, frost. Maybe that's a, that's an idea that uh, could reduce then, uh, some of the waste that's associated with uh, frost. So machines on the edge are going to be very important. They're going to be uh, a lot of them, are, since they have computational capability, uh, they need to be protected with security. They need to be monitored. And, uh, and that's going to require a cyber-like brain, I guess. You know, if you could say, I used to kind of write about that in some of my books. Cyber brain, you know, where it's uh, monitoring the traffic and, and looking uh, for certain volume thresholds and if high levels of traffic are coming out of an endpoint, it could uh, suggest that perhaps uh, some foreign software has managed to be rooted on the operating system and now it is using that Internet of Things as a server. So uh, the constant monitoring of the network is going to be, a, the cybersecurity is going to be required. So the network is, uh, is vulnerable on the edge. Um, and then, but uh, monitoring from the cloud will uh, protect the edge devices. And then the question is, is what uh, happens when you start getting not just one or two, but you get a thousand uh, devices on the edge? How do you maintain their configurations, uh, all their setups, all the software they're going to be running? They'll be running lots of different types of software that can be deployed. They're going to have lots of behaviors, and uh, there'll be a lot of uh, a lot of interaction with those devices. And I think the more the machines are capable of of deploying code to those devices, monitoring the activity and behavior of those devices, it becomes more like a robot. So those devices are are transmitting uh, data and uh, it's being picked up by observable agents that are watching that data and then they're processing that data, doing different things. Like it could send out an SMS message, or it could um, uh, cause another business process to run, it could send out an email, um, it could cause uh, a device to do a certain behavior. So, uh, Behavioral-based programming will, and condition-based programming will be something that the machines will start to become good at. So, as 
if there were the case where, uh, uh, for example, if you were teaching a machine to to paint a fence, you know, you might show the technique to uh, say he has like a, a snake arm, and the robot then watches how to paint, apply the paint, and then uh, you give it certain, certain standards for how to apply the paint, and then the robot attempts to paint the fence, and then if it gets uh, positive reinforcement, then it uh, continues to with that behavior, but if it gets a navy, negative reinforcement, maybe it'll ask for additional training, conditional training to be shown the proper way to paint the fence. These are all kind of menial examples of behaviors, but they, they do illustrate the point that uh, machines are, are going to be very capable of doing much more advanced things on the network. And so artificial stability suggests that the network will continue to expand, uh, it'll be reliable, uh, it'll be highly unsecure, but uh, it will be monitored intensely by machine learning. So cybersecurity will be a, an area where machine learning will flourish and, uh, and behaviors will be analyzed and uh, patterns will be looked, will look for certain types of patterns in the data. So things like viruses and worms, trojans, all those type of nasty things will be uh, uh, be watched for. And so you'll be have these giant antivirus software being run by uh, smart algorithms, machine learning, and that would require that new patterns would be identified and, and trained on. So it can recognize those patterns and then block block uh, sources uh, onto the network that are, are uh, potentially hazardous. So in summary, uh, this has been kind of a nice hour of discussion. In summary, uh, uh, I think that uh, voice recognition, usefulness of voice recognition, and uh, networks are the future of uh, artificial intelligence and that the idea of, uh, of every all thought being condensed into a singular point is probably artificially stupid, won't ever happen. And uh, that we have the, the best design, that, that uh, we have a perfect design. God gave us a, a great, great mind, a great uh, brain, uh, and uh, We'll just continue to expand that uh, capability, and the machine will be a tool. And uh, valuable tool interactions will be voice and will be network. The machine will be everywhere. We'll carry more computers with us. I carry at least uh, two at any given time uh, with the possibility of three. Uh, we have you know, four, five, six uh, screen monitors. I had a dream once where I sat on a hydraulic seat and uh, I had, uh, I think, 20 different monitors that I could pivot around and I could go up and down and uh, I can look at different monitors as I work based on 
where I was looking, uh, the, sh the seat would raise or, or lower. So those are kind of cool things uh, when it comes to, you know, getting more information, making more decisions, working uh, at a faster pace. One of the things I, I could see with this voice recognition that would be very helpful is uh, continuous uh, help helping. Like, for example, if you're on the road and, uh, you know, there was uh, uh, some hazards, like there are no potholes, uh, and you're getting in close proximity to those potholes, maybe the machine would warn you on which side of the road they were. And then using augmented reality, highlight it as you approach it. Um, if there was an accident up ahead, the machine would uh, warn you that, the, that there's an accident three miles ahead and prepare for sudden stops. Um, if you're coming to an intersection where there's been a high probability, a high number occurrence of accidents, the machine can warn you and tell you that, uh, uh, that you're in an area of high accidents and be alert. And if you're speeding, the machine can warn you and say, hey, you're speeding, slow down. If the light's red and you're about ready to turn and you haven't stopped, it can warn you that you need to stop. And it can maybe look at your intent and see that you're not uh, obeying the law and it can warn you that you're, you're about ready to break a law. So these are things that are useful in my mind and, and, and the machine will help uh, drivers as uh, they're, they're on the road, they're driving lots of miles, and uh, they need uh, fewer distractions and uh, more, more, concentrated, more concentration on the task of driving. Um, it's a really amazing how we've gone from having an atlas map where we can look at uh, content, uh, we can see the whole overall uh, layout of streets, the ge geography of the land, the contours, where the lakes are, where the bridges are, and try to figure out the spatial orientation of that uh, map as it relates to where we're driving. Well, uh, today we use our maps and Siri and uh, the computers, uh, we have an iWatch. It, it'll tap us when it's time to, uh, time to turn. It prepares us uh, when the road is starting to turn, uh, curve. It can warn us that a curve is coming up. And it can warn us, uh, uh, you know, if, they're, if we're speeding. And so, but it somewhat, uh, it's kind of interesting. It's like an IoT. Uh, device because it's the watch. I watch is uh, interacting with you. It's beeping. It's by and, uh, and not necessarily beeping, but it kind of buzzes and uh, uh, it gives you little text signals that tells you that w which exit to to turn off on and things like that. Uh, where you can have both devices working, you can have your iPhone up and running and it's showing you. Uh, play almost like play-by-play uh, play as one road comes up uh, and, and uh, how you should uh, turn on that road. So it's, uh, I wouldn't say drive-by line, but, it, you know, it, 
you you are somewhat driving by an instrument. The computer is becomes an extension of the car's navigation system, and we rely on it. You know, it's it's trustworthy. Uh, I know one time I was driving to American Fork and <clears throat> the machine said turn off on Tippinogus Highway, and I hadn't done that before. And I was like, I don't think I should turn on that. I think I should stay on the freeway and. But the machine was telling me to turn, so I did anyway. And then I was all mad at the machine because I had to, I had to go uh, turn around and get back on the freeway. And so I think we'll we'll learn to question some of the decisions of the machine, but we'll give deference to it because of uh, our reliance on on it. And, and uh, questioning it won't be as uh, common as. And so we used to, maybe even as a person or who, who might be there, we'll just say it's a machine. It doesn't make a lot of, it doesn't make mistakes. And so for the most part, it, it'll be right. Uh, I remember one time I was trying to get to my sister's and, and uh, I didn't know where she lived and she's in a new house. And the machine took us up a, kind of a private road. And at the end of the road, it was blockaded off. And I could see my sister's house. And I was like, oh, well, that's interesting. It blocked me from getting through, but took me through this kind of strange route. So it was trying to find maybe the traveling south was the shortest route to the destination, not the most popular route, maybe. And so maybe as algorithms get better, they will start figuring out what are the popular routes that people are taking. And then less popular routes will uh, be avoided and decreasing the amount of error in getting from to one point to another. And, uh, you know, the voice uh, activation, uh, we used to have a, a, a navigation device, I think it was on the uh, uh, iPhone by Verizon. Anyway, we called her Vicky, and so we've kind of personalized that machine uh, algorithm and uh, and she would tell us, turn left, turn right, turn at the next intersection, gave us voice-by-voice voice commands where to turn. Instead of where Siri's not giving you voice-by-voice, voice, it's just, uh, it, well, it, it'll tell you things that are coming up, but um, we, we kind of like Vicky better. It was a little bit more detailed. But, again, Vicky took us up a street that was blocked off. And that was kind of the fun with the family event that day. Well, um, again, I'd be happy to talk to you about machine learning. Don't be afraid to share your opinions on it. Uh, you know, it's a, a, a changing field. A lot of things have emerged. The back air propagating neural net uh, has proven to be very reliable. The multi-layer hidden network, uh, BAP, is very powerful with its feedback mechanism, and so uh, we're going to see more pattern recognition, but the thing that's going to be most valuable in the near future is uh, voice recognition.